0: Welcome to the final Big Monday Show of 2020. This is the Going in Circles Podcast Network. I am your host, Charles Simon. My co-host on the Big Monday Show, Mr. Barry Spears, will be with us momentarily. It's kind of crazy to think that uh, this is our 78th podcast. And uh, when I first started this in May, I wasn't sure that we would get to seven but uh we've gotten a lot of support there's been a a lot of listeners it's it's grown almost every month and uh i really appreciate everyone that's uh, that's listened that's tuned in and uh especially those that have given us uh feedback i i do appreciate it e- even if you have you know want to find fault or criticism or disagree that's fine that's the whole point of this is to to bring up topics and to discuss them So that people get a different view, which is something, which is one of the reasons I really decided to do this was because so much of what you get informationally about horse racing is skewed. And maybe he'll say, well, what you give us is skewed too, but you know what? At least it's skewed in a different direction. It's up to you to to choose, you know, what you want to. Consider what you wanna uh support, what you wanna believe in. And um based on the numbers, we're getting more and more people. So I do wanna express my um appreciation to everyone that's listened uh that's downloaded and um, it's really been uh it's been interesting and uh I hope that we can end this shit sack of a year with a a really good show and uh we i've got a couple pretty strong takes as usual i know barry has a couple things to say so we'll get on with the show in just uh just one minute all right everybody thank you again we'll be back mr spears that would be me
1: although my dad's not here so you must be talking to him
0: your dad would be a good guest, actually. We <laughs> hey, could hear we could hear all the stories about about Barry's young degeneracy.
1: <laughs> he probably doesn't even know all those stories. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, he's got a lot of basketball stories, though.
0: Yeah, those are those are listen, good stories, are good stories. Doesn't matter yeah. what they're about. I
1: mean, he, he's he's got Dr. J stories. He, I mean, him and Dr. J were kind
0: of still are kind of tight
1: um andrew tony like when he worked at converse i mean he was he was doing all kinds of shit like um like his territory he was the vice president of uh promotions for the northeast so he his territory basically went from virginia to maine and then like all the way over to ohio so he was like all over the place all the time
0: well i'll be honest I was a little skeptical. I'm very skeptical all the time it seems like, but I was a little skeptical anyone would listen to our NBA shows and we actually got it's popular. Rid- <laughs> yeah, we had <laughs> we had as many listeners as we normally do, so I don't know, maybe we have a lot of closet NBA fans out there, but uh yeah, maybe you know, we'll we'll do a little basketball version, have your dad on tell some stories and that would be fun. Yeah. Speaking yeah. of the, your family, how, how did the Christmas uh weekend go
1: still hung over from that that whole episode of uh toys and putting together toys and oh man i'm glad it's over
0: (laughs) (laughs) i think that's the funniest thing is is when i see on social media uh people put you know cursing these these companies (laughs) for making these toys and, and having to assemble them and you have to you have to have like an assembly line to to get the things put together.
1: Oh man, it's brutal. <laughs> oh, oh
0: man. Well, you made it through. We're we're almost through twenty twenty. I was said in the opener that uh, this is our seventy eighth show of ongoing in circles. Really? Um, so yeah, we, we've had seventy eight. Tomorrow will be seventy nine. Going in circles live, and that'll be the finale for the year. Obviously. Uh, with the year ending uh, Friday. Hopefully everything doesn't end Friday because that's the way 2020 <laughs> has seemed. Right. Oh, man. <laughs> but um, uh, pr- uh, shameless promotional plug, I'll be on HRN on Thursday and Friday from three to six with the great Bobby Newman, Ooh, who wow. many people don't know. Not only was the announcer at Calder and 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 uh, out in California, Los Al, Hollywood, some other places, but he was my college roommate.
1: Did not know that.
0: Yes, unfortunately, he has some dirt on me, and I'm I'm just happy that we don't have uh, cell phone camera pictures from from back then. <laughs> well, you certainly
1: have to be nice to Bobby now, don't
0: you? Yeah, you know he he. he He knows where the bodies are buried, but uh, I'm sure that we'll have some fun with those two shows uh, at the end of the, well, at the end, at the the literal end of the year as uh, they encompass the New Year's Eve and on New Year's Day. We'll be covering races from Gulfstream, Fairgrounds, um, I believe Santa Anita and, you know, wherever else we think we can find a a ticket to cash.
1: All right, I'm down with that. I'm going to be listening for sure.
0: So, um, it was kind of a, a fortunate weekend for racing as uh, Saturday wound up being you know opening day for Santa Anita and uh, Gulfstream did well in their card as well. But uh, Santa Anita had a a record handle on that card. Though, as Mr. Kronk put it on Twitter today, you know, you have to kind of temper your enthusiasm when you consider that it was kind of a best-case scenario with um, with New York not running, with, um, you know, the competition was, was certainly not there. They were the main signal out in at Gulfstream. And and having it fall the day after Christmas on a, a Saturday, which which is always a, a huge benefit. Yeah,
1: that's a blessing. I mean, I, I it's it's just crazy how people kind of you know. I think we've talked about this before, where they kind of dismiss the context of of what's going on. You know that that's a lot of context to to be giving out numbers, and you know I guess they have to seize the opportunity. I guess, but.
0: In the big scheme of things, it's not helping anybody. But, like, you know, I, I don't want to be negative about it. It's not like it was a bad thing. I mean, obviously, no, it no. was a good thing. But sometimes people will puff their chest out and say, well, see, we told you so. Well, you Right, know, not exactly. Let's <laughs> see what the numbers are next Thursday, you know, next Friday. Since I don't even know if they're, you know, going to be able to, to. I mean, it was a great card, too. I mean, the card on Saturday was. was a very good card. Um. You know, the stakes were good betting races. When you really go through it, there's not really a lot of impact courses that that really raced in those races. Um certainly the Malibu was a was a was a top, you know, race with, with good horses, obviously, and the, the La Brea was, was a good race. But uh it seems like the, 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 the B squad was in from from the East Coast for the most part. And uh they, you know, knocked off a couple. I think Chad Brown's ninth best Turf Philly won the American <laughs> Oaks, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, but they, they were, it was good, solid races and it was nice to see California have full fields, um, because that's, that's going to be a tough thing for them. And, and it's a struggle with, with just, uh, a, a declining horse population. And it's, they, they're trying, I get it. They're trying, um, to, to give incentives, uh, Delmar has had those incentives for years now and and they've worked. They've gotten more horses to ship out there because they're giving them, uh, you know, they're holding that carrot out and they have to. And, and that's, that's something that horse racing in general has got to start doing. They've got to be more proactive. It's just getting to be um, the monotony of, of the, Of stubbing your toe and have everybody laughing at you. But that's what we do in this business. We stub our toe and everybody takes shots. And the fact of the matter is, a lot of times the shots are deserved. They're deserved. And, you know, it's just, uh, it is what it is, I guess.
1: Yeah. I mean, I I saw some tweets this weekend about things that people are finally starting to speak up about, um, at least a little bit. As far as, you know, and it all had to do and it revolved around the, uh, you know, end of an era at Derby Lane Greyhound yeah, uh, Park. And, and you know, people were saying how, you know, if, if horse racing isn't careful, that's the same thing that's going to happen to us. And they're not completely wrong there, <laughs> unfortunately.
0: No, no, there, there's elements of that that there are right in that. I don't know if people really even understand the story of how this came about. No, they don't. But, I mean,
1: I do because, you know, I followed it really, really closely up until the point where it was on the ballot.
0: Well, and... that that's the interesting thing is, is that the story behind that was that <clears throat> the anti-dog people were trying to get reforms passed. They were not trying to ban dog racing. The politicians offered it up. And, of course, they, they were like dumbfounded. We have people in; they're fighting whether to give us six hundred dollars or two thousand dollars. <laughs> okay, six hundred or two thousand. You know, we got twelve hundred a long time ago. But what Pardon what happened know? with dog racing was the politicians didn't pay any attention to the anti the, to, to the people, the arts people. They paid no attention to them. They didn't care. They did. They could care less what they do to the dogs. They didn't care. They had no cares about it. They got them in a room one day, before they made their pitch. One of the Florida senators said, "Well, why do you know? Why, why go through all this stuff? Well, let's just get rid of it." And then they were like dumbfounded. I uh, uh, what what? <laughs> uh, okay. And then they, you know, when when the of course the. The people that, you know, fill the politicians in on everything. Because most politicians are pretty clueless about everything. All they do is smile and shake hands and raise money and and dig through garbage. That's what they are. And they said to him, well, you know, we we make a lot of money from these places. A lot of tax revenue. Create a lot of jobs. But mostly it's from the the casino and the card rooms and stuff. You know, to sell? Well, then... Let's just let them keep that. We'll just get rid of the dogs. Yep. Next thing you know, it's on the ballot. Bang! You know how much money the dog people had? Uh, you know the, the dog racing people spent to try to, to defeat it. <sighs> like a ridiculously small amount. Yeah, it wasn't that much. They were outspent like a thousand to one. They had no chance. No chance. And that's not going to happen to horse racing not like that not like that not
1: in the same way no. but
0: but the fact is that everyone's who who thinks this federal bill is a good thing you're nuts you yeah i saw i saw some nuts. prominent
1: people in the industry you know kind of applauding that and you know my my first instinct was like well maybe we should pause i mean a lot of the people that i saw applauding it were the same people that go on to twitter let's say in day in and day out and just rail on politicians controlling anything but for this horse racing measure that makes a lot of sense to them for some reason
0: i didn't get it. i don't get it i understand I mean, people's frustrations but a lot of it yeah. is, is you've been people have been tricked you've been tricked duped you have been duped into thinking that that having um the same rules everywhere is going to change anything for you. It won't. It doesn't change anything. It's the same crap. It's the same. It's annoying to have different rules, but it's not going to make the game better. It's just not. It's not. If you can give Banamine I mean, 48 hours and this, you know, everywhere now instead of some places 48, some places 24, it's not going to change your results. They're going to be the same. The problem is this, is that you're, you're putting in charge of regulation of an industry. People who have no clue about an industry. They don't have any passion for it. They don't really care about it. And now it's a federal law. It's hard to get rules changed. It's hard to get laws changed on the state level. <laughs> it's an you're talking about this is an unfunded mandate. You're going to pay for it. Who do you think is going to pay for this? That's what that that's that's the fa- the fascinating thing, and a lot of the people who are media people or breeders or this or that—they're not worried because they're not going to pay for it. it ain't going to cost them a penny. It's going to cost them their business eventually when it all sinks. When they slap a surcharge on all bets, uh, you don't think that's coming? It's coming. Oh, man. It's coming. There's no chance that doesn't come at some point. No one has any idea how much this is going to cost. Think about that,
1: right? And that—that's that—that's why it kind of it kind of bothered me. Is like, do they really know what they're, you know, gung ho about, or or trying to be positive about? I mean, I'm not saying they should be positive or negative, but at least be informed about what's going on, and and then being like, hey, you know, maybe this isn't something that we should be on board with totally. <laughs>
0: Listen, this has been an elitist thing from day one. It was. It started out to just get rid of Lasix, because certain people didn't like Lasix, which is weird to me. Just weird. And they've turned it into this this demon. They've demonized it so it's it's bad. It's bad. It's bad. And it's just crazy. It's just crazy, because now. I've tried to explain this to people. Horses now race with less in their system than they ever have. Legally. 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 I I put a tweet up after the race on um, Saturday. And what I felt was I should have been really impressed. I was like, wow, you know, like that horse really came back and ran a huge race. And, and you uh, know, it looks like he's going to be, you know, one of the stars of next year, considering it's a pretty weak group of three-year-olds and certainly a really weak group of four-year-olds. They're coming back for next year. And I really didn't feel any excitement towards it, like none. And it was kind of a, um, to me, an indictment of just the feeling that so many people have towards this game now. And that we've just been bashed over the head by the super trainers and we've seen a million horse of a lifetimes. We've seen a million performances of a lifetime. And it all smells like Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa. And I I think it's crazy when we look back to that summer when everybody was so excited about these home runs. And forever in baseball, 50 home runs was like a massive total. (laughs) You know, the, the leaders in the leagues would do 35, 38, 42. And all of a sudden you got guys hitting 66 and 67 and they—it wasn't like these guys just came out of nowhere. They had played, and they were—they were good players, but they were, you know, forty home run guys that suddenly increased their production. And it wasn't just like—I was at the home run derby in Milwaukee, and I sat right behind home plate. Sammy Sosa hit balls that still—they're probably still flying. <laughs> he hit parts of the stadium that, and and. and I always have to get there early, you know, because it's like, God forbid, you miss anything. So we had gotten there like three hours early, right? So it's like, what do we do? Well, I don't know. Let's walk around the stadium. So we had gone to way out in the outfield, in the upper deck, and you could barely see the players from from there at home plate. And he hit balls there on a line drive. (laughs) And you look back now and you say to yourself, come on, like, what were you, stupid? Like, how could you think this was real? And to be honest, when it happened, I was thinking that the balls were juiced. I said, you know what? They've just got to wound these balls tighter because they want more offense. And they just went a little too far. And then the guy, the reporter, and this is how it always starts, a reporter. And we don't really have reporters in this business anymore. We have a couple guys that are good reporters, but they're muzzled by the people they work for. They can only go so far. And I understand it. You know, most media operations and racing—they're not flowing in money, and they certainly don't want to spend tons of money uh, on legal issues. So, you know, Mark McGuire has a bottle of, of uh, or a jar of a, a legal at the time precursor to steroids. And he's asked about it, and he kind of doesn't, you know, really give much of an answer. And that was kind of the first step into everything, kind of unwinding. And it, you know, Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens. I mean, you know, Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens are, are, are as big a names in baseball as, as you know the people in that in the, the, our business that are questioned, bigger in some cases and these guys aren't in the hall of fame and their their statistics are uh, they're, they're laughable when you think about that i mean these guys are automatic like you know no one could vote against them and guess what they're voting against them because they're looking back and they're saying 73 home runs hmm, wasn't real and when you look at a guy and we had this problem 20 years ago, 15 years ago, in this business, where you would buy a yearling at the sale and you would bring them home and they would just, it was like someone stuck a, a, a pin in a balloon. They would just deflate hmm. because they had been getting so much anabolics. And that's kind of, you know, there's the sales companies they they could see the handwriting on the wall and a lot of that got cleaned up um, but you look back and I, I just have this feeling that at some point we're going to look back and we're going to really question a lot of what goes on I mean we have Maximum Security's first stallion head that's got quotes oh from, my God. from federal prosecutors you know kind of saying oh yeah that uh, the stuff that they used uh, you know didn't really work <laughs> which might be true but as i said in a tweet perception is reality and the the reality is that it's hard to believe that some of these performances are real the breeders cup had a couple performances that
1: on friday
0: that Fryers weren't really, really you know kind of you you say to yourself well where where did that come from and how did this horse get so good <laughs> you know that that's the thing we used to like make movies and stories out of those the sea biscuits of the world you know you, you go back i guess the ben johnson was really the first guy to be um uh, on a world stage, Ben Johnson, the Olympic sprinter, fastest man in the world, and he beat, tested positive for steroids. He was the first guy, really, and ever since then, you see that things happening. That was in happenin- eighty eight, wasn't it? Yeah, eighty
1: eight. Yeah, uh, you, my, you see father, things. my father was at that Olympics, but yeah, it, that that's so bizarre. I mean, it's like you know, looking back at it after you saw, you know, you know he was. He had something in his system, and you go back and you watch the race, and it's like, man, how did we not know?
0: (laughs) And here we are, 32 years later. And like I said, it's not about Baffert. It's not about Charlatan. It's not about that race. It's about everything. It's about a culmination of how does go become um, a horse that runs negative fours on the sheets. What can you do to a horse? His, his other trainer is, is an ordinary trainer. A nice, I, I don't know him. He does, you know, seems like he, he wins races when he has good horses, and when he doesn't, he doesn't do good. But, you know, he's kind of a middle-of-the-road guy. Mm-hmm. He's not a guy that's coming from, uh, you know, Centennial Park winning 3%. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. And all of a sudden, the horse is, is, is just Galloping away from horses at the breeder's cup like he's dr. fager i don't know how how do how do I, how do I, how am I supposed to take that I just don't know it's it's just i I have a hard time believing what I see and that's gotten to be um kind of a, a theme I see trainers turn horses around uh you know two of these guys that that uh, are under indictment. You've seen them do it uh, a little bit at the, t- at the highest level, especially with the sprinters. It was odd that they were both really good with sprinters, but um, I-, I guess maybe it's easier to acquire cheaper sprinters than spend two million dollars. But um, sure. you know, you you the guys who were trying to beat them at Mammoth Park, yeah, you know, like me, um, we were we were getting pummeled on a regular basis with horses that you, you couldn't claim from them, but you couldn't beat them. And that kind of skews the game. And I know a lot of owners who got sick of it. And I saw someone trying to blame uh, <laughs> the full crop today being as, 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 <laughs> as, small as it is on lack of uniformity and rain regulations. I'm thinking to myself, how can you tell me, you can't tell me what the regulations are are what they're supposed to be. So how could you be so offended by that you wouldn't breed a horse? Seriously. I trained horses for 20 years, and I, I'll be honest, I don't even remember what the regulations are in half the places.
1: Yeah, it's, it's too crazy. It's just not
0: – this isn't like, okay, when we go to play the Celtics, we play on a, on, a, on a half court, and when we go to play the Bulls, we play on a full court. That's not that. This is the placement of the towels in the locker room. That's gonna be uniform now. It's not gonna change the game. And I'm not saying it's a bad idea, but what you've done is you've brought people in that don't know what the hell they're looking at. A lot of people in the game don't know what the hell they're looking
1: at. Well that I think that that therein lies the problem is, you know, as as a as a sport or an industry, it's like we couldn't have trusted ourselves. And then we couldn't have trusted those on the outside either. Well, so it was like a no-win situation. We're never we really—we're
0: not really regulated by this. Is the other thing that's a fallacy. We're not regulated by ourselves. We're like we are regulated by states. States are governments. Some places, like Kentucky, the board, the racing board, consists of mostly people, almost all people that have some uh, connection to racing. Oh, in some way, other places like in Florida, we don't even have a racing board in Florida. <laughs> they
1: don't okay. even have
0: one. It's it's right, it's, it's, a, a, it's, game, it's a division of parimutual right? wagering. It's oh, part of 38 yeah. different you know d- uh, under different umbrellas. It's it's um, you know New York is kind of like a governmental thing. Um, so you know it's different everywhere, but just because. Ron Moquette said something and, and his just was kind of like, yeah, you know, the guys that follow the rules are going to follow the rules, whatever you make the rules. That's not the problem. They're not the issue. The guys who don't follow the rules are the issue. Right. You know, to to think that guys are going to say, okay, oh well, geez, you know, the feds are involved now, so that's it for us. We're going, <laughs> we're, we're going straight. The truth of the matter is a lot of – I'm sure that there's, there's, there's people out there. They don't think that what they're doing is illegal because they don't even know what the rules are. Just like Mark McGuire was taking the precursor. It wasn't against the rules.
1: It well, wasn't against the know, rules.
0: Should it have been? Of course it should have been. But, and that, that was a case of, of just not getting ahead of the game. And we, we just gave up. We just yeah, gave up and said, it. all right, you know, you have panels – that are full of of people that are accomplished people I'm not saying they're not smart people i'm not saying they're not smart people but they don't know anything about this and try to educate yourself about horse racing try try it I mean, seriously try it if you're a, a novice Try to find some place where you're going to be able to educate yourself about horse racing and all the intricacies of of medication rules and uh, of racing regulations. You can't even find a rule book.
1: You know how long that would take you?
0: And when you look at the rule book, it's it's like, uh, you know, you got to sift through 90% of the stuff and then you read some of the rules. Some of the rules are so ambiguous. It's like. My God, like <laughs> it's either so open ended, or it's like, hey, uh, they they break this rule like every day, and I guess they're just not going to enforce it. it. It's just and 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 like they're not going to deal with stewards' rulings, which is a big problem. You know, there's no money or education for stewards or, or training for stewards, none. Like, wh- why isn't that important? Why Why isn't that part of the, the, the thing? Why? Because they don't care. They don't care. Oh, yeah, track safety. Well, you know, track safety well, is it, important, of I course, but, but aren't, aren't we already doing that? It's just like, well,
1: who, who would be the person to educate these people? And, and that's where, <laughs> you know, it, it could be one of, uh, like, literally, like, probably hundreds or even thousands of people. And it's like, well, you know... That, that's kind of the problem with, with racing in itself as far as these kind of rules go like you said it's, it's governmental it's state by state everybody does things differently um, so I don't see the benefit you know I think I'm, I'm with you here is I don't see the benefit in having this without something or a clear direction this is just as ambiguous as the rules this, this, this committee or, or, or whatever you want to call it it's just something that's there, but I mean, where's it going to go? What's it going to do?
0: Nobody I, knows. I, I, I had Eric Hamill back of the HVP National HVP on a couple of weeks ago, and mm-hmm. he literally begged them to let him be more part of this. Not not because we wanted control of everything because we weren't going to get it, but just to say to be the voice of reason. And in the room say, "Hold on, you can't do that. If you do that, then this is going to happen. If you do this, this that's going to happen." And that's the thing is they haven't included us in this. They haven't included horsemen in this the whole time.
1: They've shunned us the
0: entire time. And now we're supposed to just trust them. I mean, it's the silliest. (sighs) I mean, if it it wasn't so sad. I mean, that's how I look at it. I don't. I don't believe anything I'm told anymore. I really just don't believe it. And, that, and that's a societal issue. But in horse racing, I know. <laughs> yes. I know for a fact that we get lied to about a lot of things. Every day. <laughs> so to, to think that this, 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 this panel is going to come up with these you know brilliant ideas, they're going to wind up, to, believe me, I can guarantee you, there's some poor sucker out there right now that doesn't even know it. He's going to be the sacrificial lamb. Some guy they're going to throw the book at. And he's going to be, you know, uh, public enemy number one. And it's going to be, look, we're this is working. We told you this was going to work. I'm telling you, it's going to happen. There might be a couple of them. Believe me, it won't be anybody with the... Uh, the initials BB or CB or TP or MC or gn it's not going to be those guys. And I'm not saying those guys. I'm not making any accusations. All I'm saying is you watch. Somebody's going to be made an example out of, and it's going to be used as a fundraiser. Remember, this is an unfunded mandate. They're kind of leaving it up to the states to fund it. So, uh, I mean, it's just all wrong. It's just, yeah, the initial, well, there's been a couple different bills. One of the bills, you know, they, they wanted to get public opinion behind them. And one of the bills stated that money from um, the bettors, the betting pools, the handle, the take, whatever, couldn't be used. That, that language got taken out. It got taken out for a reason. Because number one, the betters have no representation. They don't have a group. The horsemen, the people who put the show on, that spend billions of dollars, that are actually the participants in this game barely have a seat at the table. Right? You know what they get to see? They get to see remember in Thanksgiving when you had the adult table and the little table and then you had (laughs) like the far table for the kids who wouldn't act good at all? We're in that one. We're over there in the corner. Mean you know like uh, cousin Jethro who's who's you know hit his head when he was three, <laughs> so that's where we're at. The the the, the betters, you guys don't so even get it. A... We don't even.
1: We're not even invited. You're,
0: you're not even. You're thought of. Anybody thinks that Washington elites are going to say, "Hey, God, we gotta <laughs> these betters. These are these, these guys deserve to be um, protected here." They're not going to do that. They're going to do the opposite. The, the racing has given its image to movies and things over the years as kind of a shady thing. I mean, you, you, everybody knows the stereotypical racetrack image. It's not Keeneland. It's not Saratoga. It's uh, it, it, it's far more of a, a, a let it ride kind of situation, mm. or one of these movies which you know shows guys pulling horses or this or that or you know it's always kind of you, you laugh at it ha, ha ha, but that's the the unfortunately the the, the portrait that we've been painting here that and, and and or um like a politician in pennsylvania tried to do a couple years ago make it out like um because uh godolphin won one of the stakes on, on on pennsylvania derby day all the money just goes to these rich oil, oil people right <laughs> like, uh, if you look at the the typical owner in the state of Pennsylvania, that runs at Penn National, Presque Isle, and uh, um, you know parks. There's not a whole lot of uh, blue blood being spilled over there. You know, I mean it's <laughs> it's not exactly like uh, a day at uh, an, e- an evening at Penn National is is like uh, you know uh, Friday at Churchill Downs. You know, it's 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 just. Uh, that, that's that's the perception. They just take one little tiny thing and bang per, the perception. And that's where we're at. And my thing is this: is that we've screwed up so many times in this business because we didn't um, we we didn't have the government on our side. And now we're just letting them run the thing. And I mean, what is the odds of them doing it right? A million to one. Yeah, I was going to say the the percentage on that has to be about five percent. Our government is 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 in a shambles, and we're t- we're now we're going to say that 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 there and this doesn't mean every single person works for a government is is a bad person or anything. Th- that's not it. That's not it at all. That's not it at all. But the the odds of it's just infinitesimal, the odds that this panel, this group is going to come up with ideas that are going to be, number one, affordable, that we're not going to break everyone. And that's, this is not a business that's on a strong, um, you know, (sighs) we're struggling. And it, it kind of makes me crazy and other people crazy too, when when some of the, uh, the headlines are about how well we're doing, we're not. Like Crunk said, man, Crunk is the guy. If you, if you want to know about Handel, follow yeah. him, O underscore Crunk, on Twitter. And just forget everything else that you're told. He will break it down for you, and he will tell you what's what. And his, his contention all year has been, there's not a bunch of new money coming to this game. It's just spread differently you have tracks that aren't open and never did open. Um, he showed today a graph from um, 2015, which was the last time Santa Anita's opener fell on a Saturday. And the total handle for the two days, 15 year, or five years ago same. And, and this year, same. Are, yeah. the, are, are almost the same. It's just it's just divided a little different. There's no New York. New York had run, I think, that that year. And they had taken up, you know, taken away some of the handle. And let's face it: if New York had run on Saturday, they probably would have taken eight, nine million dollars away from them. We're not, you know, it's the same handle; it's just divided differently. It's the same piece of pie. They were not growing the pie; the pie still has, uh, you know, the same circumference. And it's very annoying. And we also forget, and this is something that we've said so many times, is that. It's not the guy at Santa Anita's job to fix racing in the country. He has a job. He's trying to stay employed. He wants to make things look good at his place. So, you know, he wants to. He, he, it's a benefit to him that the money shifted to him, shifted to their track. Yes, of course. That's, he did his job. Not saying anything bad. What I'm saying is don't believe the hype. Don't believe there's all these new people that have gotten into horse racing because who
1: are they and where are they? Shit, I don't know any. To be honest with you, everybody that I know that plays the races has been playing the races. I don't know any new fans.
0: Well, that's what we're told. We're told that that, the TV has brought in a whole new generation of fans and, look, handles up at this place, handles up at that place, handles up at this place. You know, like, uh, again, Nara, um had to shut down for a while and and they did the best that they could. And I understand that they're dealing with a governor there who's, you know, of all the dirt, he is probably on the bottom (laughs) of the dirt pile. But, you know, all the handle numbers were kind of like, Oh, well, you know, the average was this and this was, but it was still down. You just shifted around and it's not a bad thing. It's understandable. I get it. Saratoga was about the same. Um, but there was less tracks running and even tracks that don't handle a lot of money. Well, when they handle zero, then you're going to get some of that money. You're not going to get all of it, but you're going to get some of it. It's, It's just a complicated scenario. And I just don't know where to turn to get industry backed people who are are going to talk about these problems in public, not behind closed doors, in public, so that the smart people that exist in the world can help them. They don't – and that's another problem we have in that there's – you know, like I'm not a – I'm no freaking computer genius, right? But I, I know – and I've read about open source um, things on the internet um, – <laughs> and I'm, I'm probably butchering the description, but it's a basically, it, it's something where anyone can contribute. Um, kind of like, hey, this is what our goal is, you know, help us to get to a goal. And it's mostly, com- you know, computer programming and stuff that's way, way, way beyond my um, comprehension. But it's how things, it's how innovation comes about. And racing has no innovation. And we take the data, the data's they're, they're they're screwing on the data, you know, they're 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 it's all monopolized. And the jockey club and the tracks, they all monopolize the data, and they want to charge a harm and a leg for any of it. And instead of trying to uh to get innovation and, and to try to bring people in that have new ideas. And the wagering standpoint and the handicapping standpoint, uh, you know, we, we've done a, a poor job of simply collecting data. Like you see the times of the race. (laughs) Right. So, so why, why, why that? That's my question. Why, why not let people in? Why? Because some people want to retain, retain that power. And they want, to, they want to squeeze it for money. And I think that's the thing. that and I think Major League Baseball is screwing up no, with this minor league thing. Up, yeah, I mean. we, we, you know, where you're, you're skimping. Um, I mean, Blake Snell got traded from the, uh, from the Rays to the Padres today. Blake Snell is one of the best pitchers in baseball. He's 28 years old. He's on a, a pretty reasonable contract. And they traded him because they didn't want to pay and they traded them for young guys who, who they don't have to pay for five or six years. And I'm not going to criticize management there because they've done a good job at keeping a team in a, in a dead market, um, you know, viable. They're, they're a top team, but it's, it's such a racing move, you know, it's, it's just, uh, I just worry about, uh, you know, when when you look at some of the major cities in our country that aren't going to have racing soon. Boston, there's no more racing. San Francisco, they're headed towards no racing. Chicago's down to Hawthorne. I saw oh, Balmoral yeah, I saw was that. for sale yeah, a couple of weeks ago for $4 that. million. Dollars. It's actually not in bad shape, to be honest. <laughs> I told, I, I told Don Chalos, he should get uh, the OXO guy. guys. You piss away money, why not buy, buy Balmoral? But, the, <laughs> but there's a bunch of, uh, there's a bunch of, of, uh, state laws that, that were implemented, you know, to quote unquote protect the, uh, casinos that are there. I mean, it's just a joke, but, uh, I mean Chicago's down to Hawthorne. Thank God the the Carries and and those guys, uh, you know, Jim Miller and them people are are committed to racing. They've you know, they they've they've tried to keep it alive. And uh I mean I I've you know, Hawthorne's wasn't my favorite place to ever go, but hey, it's better than nothing. And uh I mean the harness business in Illinois has been devastated because I was
1: gonna you know, say it's they, almost close like, up all the tracks.
0: So, so for Arlington, I mean, to, for for what's going on there, you, you know, you might have Boston, Chicago, like I said, San Francisco. Um, these are these are places with uh, you know lots of people that that have traditionally bet money on you know on horse races, and now well, I we're, mean, we're gone. Look at I mean
1: the, the epitome of that is
0: Los Alamos is, 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 is Los
1: Alamos one of them. That I was going to mention, and then it's like, Hialeah I mean, we can't even hear. We can't even get them to be on board with, with running a meet there, and it's pretty much a perfectly good facility.
0: Yeah, it, it would take some money to to invest into the surfaces, and, and you know, it's an old grandstand, it's not, so it's not like it's, um, you know, there's probably there's probably areas it, it would need some money, and I understand that they're. Probably going to say, "Hey, for five or six weeks a year, do we really want to make this kind of investment?" But uh, I mean, my thought a couple years ago—this wasn't my thought, but um, this was someone else's thought—about having the Breeders' Cup become involved in and in, in fixing the place up and and having it be like in the rotation for the Breeders' Cup. And it seems like a, on the surface a great idea. Of course, we're not the ones that have to put the money up, but the Breeders' Cup. You know, gives a lot of money away to have guys ship from you know New York to Kentucky, well, and it seems like uh, the no offense to the, no offense to the owners, but you've already won a, a half a million dollar race. You, you can afford to ship your horse to, to the to the race. You know, let's let buy uh, or, you know, or at least lease highly. Put make some of the needed you know fixes and, and put it in, in in the rotation one year. In Southern California, one year in, in, in Kentucky, one year in South Florida. Bang. Well,
1: that's, that's the kind of ideas we need. Who, who, we need who those hates that idea? Ideas. Whether, you know, right. you know that's, that's the foundation. Even if that's not the final product and that's not the idea, the end result, it's still a start. And, 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 and we don't have those kind of think tanks. Sure. And I think that's where you're kind of going with it, where, you know, we, like you said, no innovation, nobody thinking, nobody trying to put these things up. They're just used to being a certain way and they're okay with that, and that's gonna doom the whole entire sport.
0: I think in as a sport, and this goes to the sales, this goes to breeding, this goes to everything, that they're too focused on trying to hang on to what they have. And sometimes you you worry so much about you know your your own turf you don't expand you don't move to the next level and 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 everything passes you by and horses running in circles in and as the world gets a lot more complicated and and as um you know we 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 (laughs) were we worry about sports betting and 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 things like that we don't even talk about e games. that's huge it's huge. Okay, kids—they're twelve or thirteen years old. They—they they don't want to bet on a horse race. You know what they bet on? Fortnite. They bet on guys playing uh what Fortnite, Call of Duty, or you know what I'm saying. Like, this is what their their world. And when you watch video games, I saw the the, the oh, man. They had something on on Twitter from a Madden cam, and it's like they look almost. I mean, they're, they're, they're frightening how, how realistic it looks and like, this is what the younger generation is following horses running in a circle and, and you, you make a bet on them and then, yeah, it's, it's, you know, inside the pilot said it today, he goes, you know, horse racing is still the greatest game to gamble on, but, but, you know, but, and that's the thing is the butts and. And change just doesn't take place. And sometimes it's, it's, we have tracks that don't have high def TVs. They're just getting them now. They're just getting them now. High def.
1: Yeah, that technology's been around. I mean, we're past that into 4K, uh, you know, uh, 4K resolution. And, and it's like, yeah,
0: you're just getting that's, on board with that now. Like,
1: right. I know, you know, back a few years ago, you could go into a, you know, a place like, uh, like uh, you know, the Kennel Club here in Daytona, and not all those TVs were new. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it, it's crazy. The funniest
0: right? thing was before it before it closed, <laughs> Atlantic City had the worst <laughs> TVs. <laughs> I swear to God, they had TVs from like the seventies. Block the you 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 would like. Half the grandstand was condemned, and honestly, it was like a, a it was a fun meet, and and like I said, the, the grandstand was like crumbling, and there was no amenities. They they had like uh uh they were selling like hot dogs, and 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 you know on a you know on a grill or there were, you know the the beer that I don't even think they sold beer. I think beer what well, they didn't have a liquor license, but the you know they're giving you sodas out oh, of a, boy. a cooler. <laughs> I mean, it was it was funny, but you know what it it, it was it was grass racing early in the year. And for all the people that, that, that have to deal with, Oh, excuse me, the winter, you know, the, the winter, it was kind of like the sign of spring was April came that those few days that we could go to Atlantic city and run on the turf there. But my God, the TVs, uh, they, they, you, you looked at them and it was like they were broadcasting from Mars or somewhere. It was, they were awful, but, um, but no, it, it's, it's, it, it is a, uh, you know, I, I knocked the Jockey Club a lot, but they did have an initiative about, you know, basically giving grants to tracks that wanted to put better, you know, TV technology in, and they needed to. I mean, when you watch the Naira races on, um, on Fox in high def, I mean, it, it's, 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 it's amazing how, you how know, good the crazy picture is you say that is
1: you know the past few years when they were showing you know things on on fox versus tvg and tvg actually they they just upgraded their signal at least in my area to a high def um on their network but before then i used to always exclaim to my wife and kids it's like, oh, is HD horses on today. <laughs> and I would change it to the HD station just so I could see it in HD. And it's like, wow, what year is it? I mean, come on. I mean, at the Sanford Kennel Club down in Orlando, they had a bunch of flat screens, little small ones, probably, you know, maybe $150 each. And then above the tellers was literally like TVs from the 70s and 80s. <laughs> it's unbelievable they were the big block tvs they were um, like a little cage and it was nuts and it's like how how hard is that just to replace them
0: go on youtube anybody listen go on youtube look up like uh you know baseball all-star game 1982 and just 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 Turn it on and look at the video and see what we used to look at. <laughs> see what we used what used to pass. I mean, remember, like uh, a sporting event, they're going to use their best, you know, cameras, and this is what we used to look at. And it's like some racetracks don't look that much different than there, and most tracks have gotten have gotten there. You know, with the TV, like you said, TVG's finally gotten there, and but this is old technology at this point. It's like you don't get a pat on the back for, for having HDTV in 2020. You know, that's like, you know what I mean? It
1: speaks to the priorities. That's, it's like, well, where are you trying to improve this for everyone? Or at least a facet so you can move in that direction. And it's like, the sport is stuck. It's stuck right where it is. You know, um, you know, it's it's come a long way since, let's say, the 90s, but not very far. <laughs> you know, not as far as it should be. I should
0: well, it, it's, yeah. it's different, you know, it's different. It's a different way game. Different. And in a lot of ways, it's worse. I mean, there's no doubt it's worse in, in many, many ways. One of the things that's better is that you can see so much more. And you're able to watch other tracks, other circuits. Uh, you're able to get information about the PPS and things like that, that that just wasn't possible back in the '90s. In the '90s, you were stuck. You had your track, and you know, unless you were willing to get in a car and drive somewhere else, that that was the track you were gonna you were gonna see. And you weren't gonna see it on TV unless you lived in uh, a place that, like in New York, we always we had had OTP those satellite this in your backyard local <laughs> TV channels. Right. or right, Like exactly. My friend got a satellite dish when I was in high school. and You try to pirate signals from different tracks. But, um, and actually, uh, when I was in Arizona, there, there was a OTB. I think I've talked about this before, right across the border in no, in the, the Mexican Nogales side in a, uh, a little ho- a hotel and, uh, on the roof, they had five or six satellites and they used the pirate signal. And, uh, it it was it was, was kind of crazy you now but well, um you know nowadays you don't need to do th- crazy things like drive to mexico to bet on horse races because you know you can bet it on on your on your phone which is that, that that's a that's a great thing compared to how it used to be i mean we may wax poetic about going to the old otbs but they were horrible they were they were horrible <laughs> places you know I mean, God, they they were dirty. There was no, there was nothing there. To yeah,
1: do. well, you know that the, you know, the the bathrooms the are abysmal. To having the the video on your phone is tracks limit you <laughs> if you don't bet or you don't bet enough, and they give you a certain amount to watch.
0: Well, that that was funny. That um, my man Swift was was really kind of uh, talking, you know pumping up um, fixed odds betting, which in theory is, is a good idea because one of the issues that we have in this business is odds changing late, like, you know, the eighth pole. But the problem is that number one, people, when you talk about sports betting, if you're a big better and you win too much, I was going to say they, they stop cut you your action. They tell you, <laughs> Yes, they cut you off, or they give you ridiculously low limits. Well, how long until, if tracks come up with fixed betting? And I'm not exactly sure how they can make it. I mean, essentially, fixed betting, they're going to be booking bets. Um, I don't know how they're going to... (sighs) Tracks are not really... um, Traditionally haven't been uh, all that willing to absorb losses. And booking bets, you're gonna lose. You're gonna lose sometimes, and I, I don't know how it. I don't know how it all works. How how they're gonna get the horseman's share? How how the the track is gonna you know uh, divvy it up? I I don't know. You know, <clears throat> but all that risk is gonna be mitigated by them cutting off people who win a lot, and that's something that that's that's the downside to that. Now, would would we like fixed betting? Of course. Uh, I mean, I, I bet the metal almost every weekend. I see horses that are sitting at five, six to one that I, I would, I would empty the account on if I could get that on them. And then you know they tick down, tick down, tick down. You know they get behind the gate for even money, and then they hit the half, and they're they're four to five or three to five. Yeah, five to one, sure, but four to five, eh, then you feel like man, what happened? What happened to Betfair? <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't have bet. So, so I understand all that. Betfair is just. The problem with Betfair was, right. it, was it was just only, it was in New local. Jersey, yeah. New Jersey residents only. And um, I, I think behind the scenes, there were some issues with uh, uh, people getting, you know, racetracks, not wanting to give up their signal. You I know, mean, I, I wasn't sure how, how exactly they, if they were even being compensated. But, um, and I'm not 100% sure what the compensation level is like in England, they're bad, they're the Betfair takes bets on on our races. I don't know how much money gets gets sent over here, and I think the tracks keep it. To be honest with you, I don't think any of it goes to purses. I think they keep all of it. And of course, that might be dependent on the track, the laws, everything else. But there's so many moving. Points. But uh, I don't know anybody that knows how much that we you know ha- how much money racetracks from get from overseas uh, Betfair. No idea. So. Yeah. There's always uh, a guy called me. He's a friend of mine. He's a nice guy. And he always comes up with <laughs> schemes, you know. And and I always shoot him down. And he's like, oh, you're just negative. I said, no, I'm not negative. I'm real. I'm the realist. You'll have to have a realist as part of your project to tell you all the things that can go wrong. Because if everything goes right, well, what the hell? How many things just go from, from A to Z... You never have a setback i said i 'm going to tell you the the problems with the way you 're setting this up, the problems with you know what you 're trying to do, the problems with this. I go this way, you can tackle the problems before they get to be problems right i said that that 's not negative that's that's like you know that 's what you 're supposed to do it 's just like you know we 've given the sports analogy people don 't realize that teams scout themselves. <laughs> They have guys out there that scout them. Yeah. I I know. I know some. As though they were scouting for another person so that they can, you know, if they have tendencies that they start to show, they want to know about it before they're in a game and they're getting killed because they, they, you know. Well, that's the same thing here in that, um, you know, we need to, uh, you know, we need to to, to scout ourselves and, and racetracks need to do this and say, hey, what are, we re- you know, what are we doing wrong? What could we do better? And not just ask the top trainer or the top owner or the, big, the, the, the guy, the whale, well, you know, the guy that bets the most. Not those guys. Those aren't the guys that usually have problems. <laughs> those guys are doing good already. They're going to say, hey, everything's great because they're at the top of the food chain. You got to ask the, the guys underneath them and the guys underneath them. And maybe you get some um, understanding of, of your problems. And maybe there's nothing they can do. Because, hey, when you work for a track, you have a boss at that track. And, and that track, that person has a boss all the way to you get to the top. And you're mandated to basically do what the person at the top wants to do. Now, they may just say, hey, listen, we want to increase handle. We want to increase our simulcast network. We want to... Do this, do that, increase attendance. I don't know who knows, whatever. And there's various ways that they can go about it. Sometimes that's the area where where they they screw up in that they're not going, you know, about it the way they maybe should, maybe the most uh, efficient way. But
1: well, I but think still,
0: it... a lot of us in the game, we you know, like are part of the game of some way. We say, hey, like. Uh, they, you know, racetracks should do this because of this, and that's like, yeah, because we love the game. We love the game, but we we love all of the game, or or parts of the game that we, that we care about. The the there is no <laughs> league. And that's the thing. And, and it can't work out. It's just, it's impossible to do that. I I, I just, I cringe when I see Ugh. people talk about a commissioner. Yeah, that's a
1: bad idea. It just, it just can't happen. Well, I mean. It just can't happen. It's just not it going to happen. Scale, I mean, maybe it's the people at the top don't realize there's anything wrong because everybody's telling them that nothing's wrong.
0: I think but more, it's yeah, more of that, that they don't
1: Well, care. yeah, that's that could be part of it too, where they just like, whatever, man. My pockets are good. It seems like everything is fine. And we're just going to keep doing what we're doing. And that's a horrible business model. Horrible.
0: Well, if we had not ever gotten alternate gaming, I, I don't know where this business would be. It sure wouldn't be better. But by the same token, bringing in you know, gobs of revenue that's not really associated with racing. Now, it's associated with racing in that they have their, most tracks are getting it because they have racing, only because they have racing in in a lot of cases. But they don't see it like that. They don't see it like that. They separate that out real quick. And they have two different operations. And often they have two different management teams. And sometimes they farm out the the casino management to casino, you know, management teams. Uh, but it's, um, you know, us being upset because we're the racing guys. And we just have to figure out a way of, of of making it through. And that's where the innovation, the lack of innovation, the lack of forward thinking, the lack of of, uh, of vision, that that's where that really kind of hits home. And a, a decade from now, can we be doing what we're doing now? It, it just doesn't seem like that's going to work. And handle is is not going up. Our handle is still less now than it was ten years ago or twelve years ago. That's that's not good. That's bad. It's terrible. It's terrible. And I just don't know that that uh, that there's enough uh, willpower out there amongst the people that potentially could, you know, ha- have to risk something because that it's a risk, you know, changing things up is always a risk. I don't know. It, it, it's just kind of, uh, and I don't even know how we wound up on this, but, but that was kind of my thought when watching that race was, man, why am I not really like, like, wow, that was, a, that was tremendous because, I go back and I I, I end up going down, uh, you know, getting stuck (laughs) in the YouTube, uh, watching the great races, the great horses and and thinking, you know, still, still having that, that feeling of like, like, wow, you know, like what a race or what a horse or what a, you know, uh, the memory still burns in you. And I'm talking races from a long time ago. And like nowadays, Every once in a while, like arrogate when he won the uh the dubai that was world cup that, that was just unbelievable and and you know it was hard to not like just be you know um blown away by that, and that was kind of like their last time he ran good <laughs> kind of it was <laughs> but um but that day was like it was just like, wow, like where did that come from? And, you know, like he, he was so far back, it was like, well, you could write him off. And, um, you know, Holy Bull when he won the Traverse. You I know, mean, it's funny. Holy Bull was such a amazing horse. Like, hit, hit, and, he, and he had these, some of these races that he won were just epic races. And he threw a clunker in once in a while, like in the Derby. And uh, I think when the Fountain of Youth, he just ran terrible, like up the track terrible. But his race in the Met Mile. Where he just outruns the best milers and sprinters in the country, just sheer outruns them. Um, the uh, the Travers race, where he holds on, um, where Mike Smith would have gotten 17 <laughs> years suspension whip. for, for uh, use of the left-hand whip, even though, you know he was kind of just kind of like, you know, he was doing it so fast, he wasn't really you know winding up. Uh, and, and then the Woodward that year, where it was was just a tour de force, where every good horse in the country was in the race, and he just destroyed them. And you knew the connections, and and it, it, you know it's a little different for me because um, I was there to see it live, to see it on the backside, to see the barn, to know the guys who who took care of the whole, you know it's a, it's different than a normal person's view of things, and, and I understand that for me, sometimes that has to be taken into context because, you know, we always talk about context and yeah, I, I, it wasn't a horse that I ha- ever had a single thought of, wow, I, I think they're giving that horse a performance <laughs> and drugs, you know, like that was never a consideration. Someone said on on Twitter yesterday or the day before they're asking about spectacular bid. I'm like, that was 40 years ago, <laughs> you know, like, I was like 10. Okay. <laughs> so uh, I, I don't have any, um, no, I, I it didn't come through my you know brain when I was in fourth grade. Hey, maybe, you know, bud Delp is juicing his horse. That, that, that wasn't, it wasn't a consideration. And that doesn't mean that we're naive enough to think that things weren't going on. I mean, like there's been rumors about one of the triple crown winners and his trainer, um, getting in trouble. He had an infamous brother.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: so you figure out who that is. You know, we'd heard I heard years ago there was always these these rumors about secretariat. You know, uh you know a horse could look like that. He had to have been steroids, blah blah blah. Was it true? I have no idea if it was true. No idea. I wasn't I was I wasn't around at all back then. But yeah, we're not saying that everything was perfect, but then and then somebody says, "Oh, well, you're skeptical. Why weren't you skeptical about Woody's five Belmonts?" It's like, are you it, kidding it me? It was
1: the same horse, you
0: know. It, well, not, not only that, you know, he he wasn't like he won all the right, other Triple Crown races. <laughs> yeah, I mean, some of them weren't great horses and weren't great races. When oh, yeah, that that Connection won, I mean, wasn't it wasn't a great thing. race. He was he, he was and he loved the mud. You know, he he got lucky in a couple of more mud muddy racetracks. creme fresh loved the mud. Conquistador Cielo, um, Conquistador Cielo loved the mud. I mean, yeah, sometimes um, you know he he got a little bit lucky, but you know, and everyone forgets too about the Conquistador Cielo turnaround. He runs in the Met Mile right on. on I was going to say on Monday, really and close. then runs back on Saturday, but he was toast after that. That was it, you know. Yes, he won the Met Mile and the Belmont in the same week, but that was it. There was there was no more. You know, he didn't win anymore. That was oh, he was done. He was it was over. He ran in. Uh, I think the Travers and the Runaway Groom beat him, and I don't think he ever raced again. So, no, it, it wasn't a the consideration then. It was wasn't even like like nobody thought that except for lunatics in in the yeah. OTB in the corner. So things are different and the thing is like that that holy bull you know toward the force in the woodward like we see those kind of races all the time out of horses that aren't nearly in the same league and then we never see it again from them or they just you know have four months off they get laid up and then they come back in a, in a four horse field uh, with uh you know, some seventy-five to one shot that got hustled in just to make the race go. And I I don't know. It just uh, it just makes me feel like um, like I care less. Not that I don't care, but I care less, and I take everything with a grain of salt. And I hate that. I really hate that. I, I it's a pet peeve. I, I know you and me have talked about it a million times about. The NBA, how people like want to say, "Oh, well, you know the guys back in the '80s and '90s were better." We're like, it's "Are true. you nuts?" They got seven foot guys shoot three pointers from ten feet behind the the, the arc. You know, they play the, the guy who's won the MVP the at the last two years is a seven foot guy that that, that, that runs up and down the court everything. in four everything. steps. Right, like right. So, so like, it's it's not that it was bad or worse different. or better. Yeah. This it's just different and. You know, you got to – you appreciate it. I I mean, I watched some of the guys shoot, and it's just amazing. You watch some of the NFLs. You know, you know what the thing – you talk about football, right? The, guy, the receivers that can make the sideline catches, it's just – it's incredible how good they are at doing that. And, like, you, you see a guy, it seems like he has no chance to catch the ball, and he not only catches the ball, he catches the ball, he maintains control, and gets two feet down. Uh, I mean, it's just like you, you say, like wow, how could? I mean, w- you know, what a athletic performance that's like unbelievable. You watch Mike Trout play, you're like, look at this guy, you know. No. And in horse racing, it's gotten to be more and more and more of, eh, yeah, yeah, jeez, horse ran really good, but you know, it was a three horse field, or who
1: Who'd he beat? Who would he beat? You know, the trainers. Who did he beat?
0: You know, yeah, not only beat, but and it gets to be a kind of... Yeah, the horse... The trainer might have three other ones in there. Or you just can't... You know, you're waiting for the other shoe to drop and the horse gets positive. Or you're waiting for the horse to... Okay, oh, he got his grade one. Now he can go to stud. Yeah. It's frustrating. Very frustrating. And and I don't know how to get that back. And if you made me the czar of racing and you said you can control everything... um. I I don't know, I don't even know where I would start. I don't know how to, I don't even know how to start. I mean, I know what to do to make things better, but I don't know how to get it accomplished. And that's the thing is once, um, you know, you've gone, it's like stretching a rubber band out, right? You can't get, once you stretch it out, you you can't make it, you know, put it back to normal. And, And that's the thing with racing is, all right, Chuck, you're the czar. All right, no one can have more than seventy-five horses. Oh my God, we can't do that. What is this guy going to do? Oh my God, he only wants to have horses if this guy can train him. Oh my God,
1: <laughs> <laughs> every time, right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the first thing you do, and it's going to be, it's going to be trouble, and then. Um, uh, 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 uh,
1: well, I, I just find it difficult it that there's it... nobody that will listen. That's where I find the real inherent issue is, is where, you know, you got guys like yourself and there's there's a lot of others out there that have good ideas um, that that could be tweaked, turned around, talked about, think tanked up into something that could actually be put in place. So you have the dreamer, you have the realist, And then you have implementation. If you have all three of those things in one person, great. If not, you can have three separate people. As long as there's somebody to listen that can push it forward. And I don't see anybody pushing anything forward. You know, every once in a while you'll get things like, for example, stuff that kind of doesn't really matter. and, And this is not even a knock on Gulfstream, but getting rid of the post drag. I mean, Yes, it's a sticking point. It was and always has been for a few years, uh, you know, for betters. But there's bigger fish to fry than that, in my opinion. I mean, I may be wrong, but, you know, I, I just think there's other things that need to be fixed before you get to that. If that's, you know, yeah, it, it, they threw the betters a bone on that one. But did it help anything? Not really. Um but it was more just like a, uh, a situation where they're like, Oh, well we got to do something. So let's just do this. And then we're done for, it for yeah, five right. years.
0: It's not, it's right. It's not a negative. It was, it's a positive and, and made people happy. And it, it just, for a hundred years, we, we ran pretty close to post time. <laughs> and it just got, it got to be annoying for, for a lot of people. I mean, I, I I would get annoyed sometimes because you wouldn't know um you know when a race was going to go off especially if you're trying to watch a race and you're you're doing something else or you're somewhere else and you keep having to go and you know <laughs> the horses are milling about for, <laughs> and you keep going back and forth and um but uh yeah it's 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 a step but it's it's like all right on the scale of 1 to 100 it's like a 4 <laughs> <laughs> you know, an act does it actually change anything? Well, not not really. I mean, you know, maybe there's a guy out there who's boycotting because he couldn't stand it. I don't know. Could be. Um, but uh, like you said, it's it's a it's a it's a bone. It's something. It's not nothing. But
1: well, how is that getting us new new players? How is that there's getting a lot us of... new players. How is that increasing handle? How it's is not. that doing anything that a track would need to do? Absolutely nothing.
0: Nothing. It's not, it's not at all. And, and, uh, and that's, that's the other part about it. And people have made this comment more than once. Hey, maybe the tracks really don't want people there. Maybe that they're not really pushing to have people there. And I don't know. I, I find it hard to believe a lot of the tracks, uh, Gulfstream, Keeneland, Saratoga, uh, you know, tracks, that the Delmar, that Del the get, big crowds that make a lot of the tracks, make a lot of money on those people, um, through the, uh, concessions and missions and selling crap to them. So, uh, not, not just the handle. Cause the handle is a little bit more nebulous And Yeah. Even if you don't go, you can still bet. But if you don't go, you're not going to buy three <laughs> beers. At,
1: at, uh, <laughs> you know,
0: the price. Sure. So, uh, yeah, maybe, um, Aqueduct isn't isn't uh, you know real eager to throw open the doors again, but but Saratoga is. I mean, I don't know. I, it just seems like if you were going to build a new track, then you would probably be happy about you know you, you're going to build a track with a really small grandstand and um you know really kind of push people away because if you already have a big Grandstand and and a big facility. Uh, not having people there seems to be make it like a white elephant. So you're still going to have to pay to maintain it and, and heat it or cool it or whatever. It's not like you're just going to not take care of it. So I, I don't know. It's it's kind of a and it might it probably matters, you know, depending on the. I mean,
1: I I could see a thing. place like Gulfstream being hurt by not having any fans because it's. You know the the proximity to Miami. You know it's not too far, and you know it's it's just another thing that somebody can do when they're down in South Florida.
0: Yeah, they they do well we have... at Gulfstream, uh, like on on weekends, and especially in the winter time. Even in the summertime on Saturdays, there's there's a lot of people there. On uh, the bar's full, the, the 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 dining room is usually only full in the in the winter time. But that was always something I, I always kind of c- was confused about with with racetracks and dining. Is that like who goes to find dining for lunch outside of guys on the corporate expense accounts? Right. I mean, it's not like a dinner thing. And
1: well, I, 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 I mean, I, I get it because it
0: you can't you can't flip everything around at once, Chuck. <laughs> but, but, but 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 you know, like they they have a fifty dollar minimum or forty dollar minimum. It's like man. Get a I want to go up. I want right. to watch my horse race. Maybe get get a little something and, and then go. Like now, you're gonna make me buy two different things or three different things. That that was always like, if you're lucky enough to get someone in the damn restaurant these days, like just be happy and 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 take care of them. You know, or don't don't alienate them by by yeah, putting a, a number on and them. And and we're getting like a little. Bit, and honestly, we're probably getting a little petty about things, but <laughs> but. The, the big picture just has to change, and if it doesn't change, the business is not going to make it. It's just not, and and it's just something that we're going to have to you know going to have to accept that if um if they're not willing to change the fundamental um the fundamental issues that exist, uh, the questionable uh, connections the questionable track surfaces, the questionable... um...
1: Well, you know what's crazy? (laughs) And and I think about this all the time is is how many resources in effect that the industry could have with all the people that own horses and their industries that they made their money in. There's nobody that could give them any insight on anything or that they would want. It's frustrating, I mean, you know. Uh, Mike Rapoli, for example.
0: I, you- I think Horsemen's groups. I think Horsemen's groups are really, um, uh, are really guilty of this, And that we have some of the smartest, richest, um, biggest name people in in their industry in in the world as a member of our Horsemen's group, and. Those resources are virtually never, ever, ever, ever tapped. And this is not like a guy who is, uh, it's not like, you know, I, I'm on the HGPA board. I'm going to call <laughs> Sheikh Mohammed and say, Sheikh, <laughs> we, we got a couple ideas here. Uh, you know, I mean, it's not like that's going to happen. But, but some of the people right. probably would be willing to, to, to actually be able to give the, their input. And I think that that that's the problem. I think racing has, I think the horsemen's groups have had it and that sometimes they're dominated by, uh, you, you see horsemen's groups at certain tracks for years and years and years and years and years, it's the same people, same people, same people, same people, same people, same people. And a lot of the other guys, like I, I never wanted to be part of a horseman's group because I always kind of, you know, I was like, eh. but once I was involved and you see that there are so many things that we really need to, to do, Uh, I I just wish some more prominent horsemen and and, and smarter guys, smarter people, probably smarter than me, would get involved. Um, And, and, you know, guys who are uh, leaders in their industries. I mean, as horsemen, we have issues with insurance. We have issues with labor. We have issues with, um, uh, you know, certain – a lot of different areas. And it's hard to believe that people – with expertise in those areas, uh, wouldn't be able to volunteer at least their opinions or or some input on, on those problems, and we don't seem to be able to get that done. And not everywhere. I mean, obviously, and some groups of, co- of course are, are much bigger and stronger than others, and and some of the horsemen's groups in particular just aren't well funded. Um, you know, the big ones in New York and 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 Florida and Kentucky california they're they're well funded because of course the handle most of them are funded via handle or uh some way you know associated with that but uh the smaller ones you know they're they're not i mean they're 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 gonna struggle a little bit but uh yeah it's like there's so many like um really prominent people like worldly people that that love the love the game. And maybe a lot of them don't have a lot of time to give it. But I'd like to hear what their thoughts are on, on a lot of these things. And like you said, a good idea can come from anywhere. Right, and it just seems logical. I mean, you know, there's people that rent, you know, billion-dollar businesses that,
1: that buy horses and are at the track, no less, <laughs> at some point. You know, it just seems like the the logical thing to do is to try to tap them for resources. I know you're not going to get everybody. You know, some people would be like, yeah, I'm just here to relax or, you know, call me next week and just push them off. But then there's the others that would be, hey, you know what? I like I like going to the racetrack. I, I want to make this better. And they would give an opinion on something. They don't even have to do anything, really. Just say, hey, what do you think needs to be fixed? How can we fix this? You know, I don't think it'd be that much time. but
0: You, you, know, you know, I know. think uh, uh, I think that. um I think those type of people could Correct. point you yes. in the right direction, or make a contact, a, a contact in the government or in an industry that that, that you couldn't get to using normal channels. Um, that that's my kind of thing. Is that, hey, they might not have the time or the energy or the desire to really like put a bunch of, uh, but they know uh, somebody you know, time does. or money into this. <laughs> but hey, may, maybe you know, maybe they're going to say. Listen, you really should talk to this guy. You, you've been talking to this guy, but you need to talk to this, you know, the, the head, the, the top guy. Go right to him. I'll make a phone call or I'll have my guy make a phone call. I'll let him get, you know, reach out to you. And, and then, you know, you eliminate some of the politically, really politically, That that that's important because even though I, I kind of went off on politicians earlier, um,
1: yeah.
0: we still need them. And to be able to express to, The top guys, um, the needs and and, and why what we need them to do or what we need them not to do is important and how to spin it so that. Well, you know what it reminds me
1: of? You know how Um, they had that documentary that was on HBO um, about the guy that was basically facilitating payments to um, the college recruits for basketball? It kind of reminds me of that. He was just Mm -hmm. a relationship guy. He was just the guy, the go-between, you know, between the, the the top of the food chain and the person providing all the work. That's all that's needed. I mean, you could even get a marketing person to be in that position to make these connections. And it wouldn't take all that much money. It's just the, the wherewithal and the self-awareness that there is a problem and B, provide a, a certain way to attack said problem and and the overall problem is how do we get new blood into this sport and, and, it, and it really starts there and then, right, then right. things could right. branch out but I mean we're not even at the point where publicly like you were saying earlier publicly that anyone wants to admit it that's in a position of power
0: we, we need to fix this business and we need to start with the attitudes we have towards the betters and it's changed a lot. I mean, it's not like as bad as it was publicly where where they would just, I mean, slap in the face, but, and I think on the horseman side, there's more acknowledgement and understanding that, uh, that the betters have a lot of issues (laughs) we have (laughs) with the tracks. Um, But there's a much greater, um, I think, awareness of of it that doesn't mean that every trainer is, or every horseman is is uh is respectful towards gamblers or or really gets it because there's a lot of stupid but um <laughs> yeah no i get it but uh um that that's that's the probably the easiest place to start and it doesn't ever seem to get done and I mean, we have a problem on the backside of racetracks, and people don't want to hear about it. But the fact of the matter is that the middle class is dead. It's gone. It's not dying anymore. It's dead. It's almost gone. And you've gotten the haves and have-nots. The gulf is getting wider. Nobody's doing anything about it. Or the, 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 the steps that they take are just total band-aids. I mean this little tiny not not even a big band-aid like those, you know, <laughs> when you get the box of band-aids and they got all different sizes, you know, that little 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 tiny one that that's the band-aid that's good put on. Uh, the the fallout from that is is the condition books. Um there's the condition books need a, a nationwide overhaul. Um we have too many condition climbing races. There's just too many of them. It, it create their bad for racing they're, they're bad for racing because they create uh, a lot of a lot of short price favorites a lot of small fields and it lets the the top guys dominate by just jamming horses and it's probably not good for the horses themselves and th- that needs to change but south sinatra did a, a nice presentation at the jockey club roundtable yeah. this past summer the virtual you know roundtable and it's crickets crickets haven't haven't seen anybody do anything. Maybe there's some work behind the scenes being done. I haven't heard about it. And I'm a huge proponent of what he has to say. I I think that that could be something that would really help. And it would help the smaller trainers because they wouldn't just get bullied anymore. And that your horse runs in the race, it's classified to run in. And the other guy's horse runs in the race, it's classified to run in. And you just don't have to worry about your $10,000 horse having to run against a $40,000 horse, which is the Gulfstream championship meet. You see that a lot. And, um, you know, you see a lot of drop, 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 drop. 16s are are full of horses dropping from 25. And why wouldn't you do that? Especially if if you're a trainer and you have two or three or four or five horses for the condition anyways. Well, of course you're going to drop them. It makes no sense not to. You know, the best hop is the drop. But you got to take that away. And people are scared because they're stupid in a lot of ways. People are scared because they're stupid. Uh, So much of our society, people are scared because they're stupid. And that's why they're swayed so easily. But you would need to to have a, um, if if you put some sort of handicapping or handicap system in, you would need an education um, process of explaining to the smaller trainers why this is good. Hey, you know what? You're not going to have to beat an unbeatable horse or a horse that's that's you know worth three times what your horse is. Your horse is going to be running against horses that have a similar classification, that that are, that are very similar in form with you within a couple lengths. And if you do a good job training the horse and you get a decent enough trip, you have a really good chance of winning. Who, who, why is that not that's a good everybody? thing? That's a good thing for everybody. It would be a good thing for betters. It would be a good thing for, for for owners. You look at Hong Kong. And, and, and Hong Kong is, of course, you know, Uh, completely different than anywhere else. But when you look at the racing structure, it's, it's, it's so it's, it's fixed so that there's, and I don't mean fixed in a bad way, but where where you have full fields all the time and they they use weight to really spread it out. Now that that's not going to fly here. You're not going to see 16, 18 pound weight swings in a race here, but they get competitive races because of that. Because they're using um, something to try to bring everybody together. And you remember, the, the, the horse population in Hong Kong is very, very small compared to virtually any racetrack in, in America. It's small. Um, and, and it's different. And, yes, it, it's, it's, we can't replicate that. But the theory is get competitive races with full fields Whoa. and people will bet. And it's shown there Absolutely. year in and year out. And that's what we need to have. That's what we need to have. And the way we're doing it with the condition books that we're writing all over the place, it's not really doing it.
1: Well, I know one thing that stands out to me when I watch Hong Kong Racing is you don't see any runaway winners hardly ever. You'll see about a blanket finish, two, three, four horses kind of right there at the end. You know, maybe seven, eight, nine lengths from... You know, from the winner to the to the finish for for the last place horse, and everybody's kind of grouped together, and I, and I and it's very competitive, and there's always photos. I mean, how could you want anything more when it comes to racing? You want everybody to be involved, and the the betting's good that that increases the handle, and you know everybody wins, but it's just I think the old regime dominates so much that. They it's so good for them that they don't want to change anything,
0: and they're well. Well, there, there you go. And, and that's I think I think you hit the nail on the head there. People who have done something a certain way forever. That that's their way. They're not going to change. So we shouldn't hire old people and expect them to come up with new ideas. Um, that doesn't mean that, that people can't change or people can't adapt because of course the. the the best of us are those that, that can adapt. Whether whether it be, you know, in your job you, you know, sometimes you, you need to you know, learn different skills. I mean teachers do that. They they and the well, they used to be able to do that now. Now <laughs> teaching is so so crazy. But uh you know, go go to go back to school and and, and uh you know, get a master's or get uh, a degree in a a different uh a or Different a subject area. They
1: yeah. learn techniques
0: on how to teach certain things. You know, right. I that's,
1: mean, that's improvement. I mean, the
0: idea is that that, like, like the idea that 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 just just having claiming races. I mean, look at the claiming race we have now versus what we had twenty years ago. It's different. It's different. It's not the same. So stop holding on to it. Like, you didn't have all these condition claiming races. You have all these optional claimers back then. All those starter handicaps. They were all straight claimers. (laughs) No, right. Open claimers, right. It's different. So, like, stop holding on to this and, like, try to make things better. Even if your handle is good, well, let's try to make it better. Let's try to maximize it. Let's say, hey, we have 3,000 horses to draw from. How do we get? What's the optimal number of of starters per week, per month, per card? Figure it out. Try to get to that point. You know, Work to that point. Don't just say, oh, well, we filled. Look, it's a big field. Great. Saturday's awesome. 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 Let's go. Blah, blah, blah. And then you know, Thursday, you're well, that back was and forth. Like Sunday. Again Sunday. This past because... Sunday
1: at, uh, you know, yesterday at, uh, at Santa Anita. The card was just so subpar. I mean – it was awful. Right,
0: because it was great Saturday and, you know, Sunday. It wasn't so good. Yeah, it's, it's just a, a, just try harder. And, and I've said for 100 years, man, we need a summit meeting in this business where everybody can go there, shut the doors, and just say your piece and fight if you have to fight and scream and yell and do whatever you got to do. Call names, but. At the end of the day, you know, take responsibility. And when you hear what the other people have to say, how how you're perceived, the tracks learn how the breeders perceive them. The 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 owners learn how the jockeys perceive them. Blah 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 blah. You know, like and just say you know to have a real summit. I mean, I was involved with the University of Arizona and the racetrack industry program. And, you know, we had the thing uh, in December every year, which was nice, and it was great for the students to be able to um, meet people and, and, and kind of uh, learn that way. But and, and they have panels, and some of the panels are good. and um, But that's just kind of fluff. We need a real meeting where people are willing to put things on the table and say, hey, uh, and like you said earlier, It's tough to get the people at the top to to want to acknowledge that that's needed because they're they're the ones that are doing good. You know, they're the ones that are doing good. Um, the the what I would say to them is, you also have the most to lose, and don't think that this thing can't Hmm. can't spiral. I mean, something bad happens in a big race. God forbid a go for one situation happens. I mean. I, I don't, I don't even want to think about it. And, and that's, you know, like we can't, we can't, um, we can't go on as a business, as an industry, as a, as a sport and say, you know, Oh my God, what if, what if, what if, but that has to be in the back of your mind that, Hey, we need to build as strong of a foundation as possible. Our foundation has cracks in it all over the place. And everyone needs to fix it. There's no group that has isn't responsible for it. Every single group in this business, every single one. Some yeah. of them more than others. Some within that group more than others. But we're all responsible in some way, shape, or form for for getting to the point where we're at. And um, you know, there's there's. Uh, you know, there's, I don't know how much I don't know how much time there is. Well, that's the know. scary part about it. <laughs> no, like me, I, I know I've said this
1: on several occasions. You know, my daughter is seven, and uh, you know, I don't know what racing is going to look like when she's eighteen, and that's not that far off. So it's like, well, you know, I, I couldn't safely say that you know everything that's here now is going to be there when she's 18 as far as racing goes um and it's it's a little scary thought because you know i grew up in the game in the 90s you know from early 90s you know up to the present and i couldn't imagine you know i i've seen things and i I was actually talking about it to my wife today how how you know back in the day there was no simulcasting you get one track or one race from a track as a simulcast and things progressed in a, in a, in a positive direction. But with that came a lot of other things that people probably didn't think about at the time, but, you know, when, when more money comes involved, there's always more problems. Um, and I think we're at that crossroads again, where, you know, there has to be another incremental change for the better in order for the sport to keep progressing or even a little bit. Because at the rate we're going now, everything is shrinking. And that's that's terrible. That's not where we want to be. You want to be expanding. Or even if it's a little bit of expansion, you know, or incremental steps positively. That's what's going to make the difference. But again, it's like nobody wants to acknowledge these things. And it's just like, oh, well, you know, we heard so-and-so say this. And we've heard it before, so yeah, you guys said your piece, thanks. Uh, We'll keep it under consideration, but we're just going to keep doing what we're doing. And that's what's going to crush things. And it's a death by a million cuts. It's not going to be one fatal swoop where the hammer is going to come down like Thor and just destroy everything. It's just going to be, you know, one by one, like Derby Lane, you know, and how Greyhound racing went. You know, not in that, obviously the exact same way, but in a similar fashion where it's just going to be a slow dying death and it's horrible.
0: Yeah. I mean, though you, you, put it very succinctly there and, and I, I just, uh, I hate being I, pessimistic oh. about things. I really do. Like I find myself naturally being pessimistic just as, as, <laughs> as my own nature, because I'm a kind of a, you know, I, I won't believe it until I really believe it. And racing was the one area where, man, you'd see a great horse run. I remember watching Manila oh, man. run. And, um, you know, the ferdinand Ali Sheba Breeders' Cup. Like, man, it just doesn't get much better than John Henry. John Henry was my favorite horse. The
1: first Breeders' Cup slew a gold. You,
0: you, you look at John Henry's lines now. And, and like, you look at his PPs, and it, it's hard it's like to even book. imagine that horses <laughs> could, could do that, though. They could run in California on the dirt. Uh, the next week, run in New York on the turf. Uh, the week after that, run another place on the turf or on the dirt or either one and, and carry 130 pounds and, uh, you know, just show up, like, almost every time. And, like, those are the kind of the, the days that we grew up with. and. And I get it. Like you're a young guy, and you go to the races, and you don't have any idea who those horses really are. I mean, it, it's kind of like the horses from the '60s. I don't know who any of those. I mean, I know Doctor Fager isn't Damascus and, and and Kelso, and and uh, you know that. Of course, we know the names, but I don't have that same connection with those horses because I, I never saw them. I, I didn't really see the horses of the '70s mm. for the most part. Um, but that that's the thing is that they're, they're missing out and uh, I like authentic. I thought, I think, uh, you know, authentic earned my respect, but he's gone. (laughs) Right. And I mean, he, he really had two good races. He ran really well in the Derby ran really well in the breeders cup. He ran a, 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 you know, a race in the Preakness. that was a memorable race, but, you know, got beat by, a, by a, a nice filly, but, I mean, she's not... No matter how hard people want to make it out to be, she's not a lady Secret or personal ends and her winning colors or Bayakoa or, <laughs> um, you know, Rachel Alexandra. She's a good horse, but she's got a lot to prove, so, you know. But, I mean, the horse really didn't really, you know, I mean, he's gone. So how do you fall in love with horses yeah and I, and days? i think
1: that rings true because the the horse that you know ha- has kind of a, a long resume if you will that was like that in a sense and, and it really wasn't was california chrome he he ran he ran quite a bit um but
0: right right well you know he had that england thing that they kind of <laughs> Yeah, but that, you know, but that that's pretty cool. Yeah, that, I, that I like curveball, you know.
1: But it,
0: it was it was an interesting thought. But uh, yeah, right. And and everybody, you know, everybody shits on him. now It's like ah, yeah, he wasn't really that good,
1: blah blah blah. But but I mean, he, you know, as far as a resume and has, like a horse that of recent, you know, form or recency, as far as you know, let's say in the last ten years probably had a pretty decent resume as far as, you know, the amount of races how many times he ran and you don't see that anymore you no, see he, was, he was a... maybe 10 starts, maybe
0: yeah, he was a good horse and I, I think that the Hall of Fame is going to have an issue at some point where you know, what, what do you do with some of these horses that just don't even get to 10 races I don't care if they won them all you know, one was a maiden race. I'm sure it was well, a yeah. less than stellar race, another race in there. What so, I mean, I mean. <laughs> like, what what are you, you going to do? I mean, I, I've seen some, like, someone was trying to make the case for Awesome again the other day. And the horse won two grade ones. <laughs> two. He was a good horse. But as a three-year-old, he was all right, you know. It wasn't nothing great, no great shakes. Uh, you know, he won a he won a. A, a really, you know, stacked Breeders' Cup field and probably would have lost if uh, Frankie Dettori didn't make a right hand turn the entire stretch. <laughs> but, um, you know, like, w- what do you do with those type of horses? It's, it's, uh, it's funny because the people's credentials now dwarf the old credentials because trainers have, uh, you know, ridiculous amounts of horses and, um, you know, jockeys uh, that ride for those trainers have a ridiculous amount of of uh, live mounts and stake races. So, like, like all these guys are going to wind up in the Hall of Fame that you see now, the top guys because they just win so much. The money is is so much more, and it, it's just a skew. But the horses, on the other hand, it's totally different in that you compare the horses of the past to the horses' resumes that are going to you know try to get in now, and it's like, well. Man, what did they really do? They had a, they had nine good months. We're gonna really put a horse in the in the in the in the Hall of Fame for having, you know, six months of of, of top racing, and I, it's like probably one of the smaller concerns that we have. But but uh, yeah, I mean, like, what, what do you what do you do about about horses like that? I, I don't know, Gunrunner. What do you do about Gunrunner? I mean, Airgate will probably make it just because he set the track record in the Travers, and then he won the Breeders' Cup, then he won the 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 Pegasus, and and, and he he was impressive in all those races, and and then he won the you know the World Cup. Um, and even though it was over, uh, you know, kind of crossed the end of the one year into the beginning of the next year, and then he kind of tailed off. Uh, I mean, I think I think yeah, he'll, he'll get, get a lot get, of
1: he'll votes. get votes.
0: So. Um, I, it's a it's a good question. I mean, where do we what do we do with those things? I don't know. I asked my man Brian <laughs> Bouye about that. Well,
1: I mean, it, it kind of is if... an indictment on the industry itself, like how it's changed. I mean, it may may be trivial, you know, in the big scheme of things, but it it does pinpoint or or point towards a larger issue.
0: Maybe maybe they need to, to add a stallion's wing for the whole thing. <laughs> Man. Into mischief, first
1: bout, round you... hall of famer, first ballot, no doubt.
0: It's funny, it, it, it's funny because I think we talked about this a couple of months back ago. Someone sent about, you know, is into mischief the greatest stallion <laughs> a, a mile or under ever? It's like, uh, Mr. Prospector, <laughs> he had like 100 great one winners, <laughs> Dan uh, Hill had a frightening amount of, of, of um. Down under, especially um, the winners a mile or under. Of course, on the Still. turf, but but uh, yeah, <laughs> it's 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 funny though. Sometimes forever. Someone was talking. Oh, Jess Jackson, when when he was alive and and you listen, he was proud of his horse. You know, I said Curlin's one of the great horses of all time. I said, yeah, if all time started in two thousand. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Well, yeah, he was—he 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 was, he was a really good horse. I mean, he was a really hey Richard Dutrow would uh, have something to say about time, that. I you
1: know he did back then.
0: Yeah, you, I mean those were good yeah. horses, no doubt about it. But uh, but it's it's just uh, it's not easy. It's not easy to be a horse racing fan these mm-hmm. days, and it's it's hard to 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 get excited about. You know, social media is part of the problem. It's, it's part of the good. It's part of the bad. and that, it? it's tough to see anything happen where everybody is is on. Oh yes, the same there page.
1: is though. Like that article in the Ocala, whatever it's called. <laughs>
0: <laughs> everybody was oh on the same page with that. I'll be honest. I, I, did I felt too. bad for that guy. I did. Because he's probably he, he probably mm. just you know. I mean, he made a giant mistake, and I mean, come on, who won the Arkansas Derby? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, if he had not won a Derby prep last, you know, last year, uh, I can't believe they kept while. it up. Yeah, and they didn't like I don't pull know it if it's still
1: up though. I think it's gone, but it was up there at least all morning.
0: Uh, honestly, maybe I'm just getting old, but I really felt bad for that guy. 'Cause I'm sure he's gonna like, you know it'll be a while before he lives out. At one. least on
1: Damn. horse racing Twitter anyway. But he's in O'Cala, that's <laughs> yeah, what he's what really kinda got me to chuckle.
0: Yeah. <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> when I saw it I just shook my head. I don't know if people even know what we're talking about, but a guy wrote a piece in the O'Cala Star about charlatan and his win and <laughs> said he, he doesn't know why people aren't <laughs> including him in the hopefuls for the derbies. He sure yeah. looks good for the 2021 Derby. And I'll be honest. He's right about one thing. I'd like, I'd like his I'd chances of, like if, if, if uh, yeah, if, if they, if they let him run, I was going to say something about, uh, you know, man, they're really giving Baffert favors. Now they're going to let him, Oh, he missed the Derby. this. yeah. Here, Here's a free pass. <laughs> Try it again this year. The Ben Simmons rule. <laughs> uh, the, the Ben Simmons rule. Well, Barry, I appreciate your time as always. I appreciate you um be willing to uh to, to give us all this time every Monday and uh you know, state your your opinions and, and your takes and uh you know Some, a lot of people aren't willing to do it. Really aren't, and you know they're afraid to be pigeonholed. And
1: yeah,
0: I'm always uh, pigeonholed,
1: so I'm I'm okay with that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, but I do appreciate it. And uh, like I said, this is our last show of the year, and we have um, we've talked about it quite a few times ourselves, not not on the air, but. But uh when you look at the demographics of the show and and some of the um <laughs> the kind of wild places that uh we've had downloads at um you know there's there's a bunch of different places that uh I never dreamed would be listening to our show um we have the downloads in the uh, dubai the Philippines. Thailand, Peru, Costa Rica, Singapore, Barbados, New Zealand, Jordan, the country, not the guy, Denmark, Germany, Venezuela, Lithuania, uh, Mexico, there's a country named Czechia, I wasn't even sure it was... Oh, yeah, I
1: know that. Well, my my wife is is Uh, Eastern Bloc descent, so... So that Probably might be her, her people. Um,
0: uh, Sweden, Trinidad and Tobago, India, Italy, Chile, Puerto Rico, Russia, Putin. Yeah, my guy. Um, the the Poot. <laughs> uh, Romania. The Romanians. We're pretty big in the Eastern Bloc. I told you, man. We, we run deep, bro. East Germany might even have a couple of listeners. Ireland, the UK. Three percent of our, our listenership comes from Australia, five from our friends up north in wow. Canada, and of course, the United States. Uh, if you had told me that we would have had downloads, um, from and, and there might be more because some of the um platforms don't uh share that information, so <clears throat> so I'm not sure if uh we're probably missing a couple, but um. If you had told me that uh, when we started this six months ago, I, I wouldn't have believed it. I would not have believed it. Um, but uh, it, it's it's true. We our, our demographics still skew a little bit on the older That's side. That's okay. We don't have uh, we don't have a big following in the the younger generation. But um, most I, I would say most racing fans are probably of the older persuasion. are our number 1 uh age group is 35 to 44 well that's which is a a, a key group um over 60 is 22% so the old geezers are listening <laughs> <laughs> sorry old geezers it's probably uh, is probably uh, my but, uh, parents though. yeah I, was <laughs> <that> <laughs> sorry mr spears <laughs> we still watch on to tell us stories about dr J um but yeah the it's it's just kind of interesting to look at the demographics and and kind of see uh uh swift your 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 play was uh you you were the number one show swift you were all time highest rated show <laughs> the swifty the swifty effect um but it was uh it's it's been interesting and and uh like i said this i think is our seventy eighth show um not our seventieth going uh, Mo- big Monday show, but our seventy eighth. I've had seventy eight total podcasts. Um, I Said tomorrow will be seventy nine, and uh, and then we'll start the new Quite year. Quite an next accomplishment.
1: Year. I mean, you know, I I became a believer once. You know, we pitched our idea about the Naira bubble, and they did it. So after that, <laughs> I was like, yo, people are listening. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, someone told me. I I, I, I talked to someone who's in the horse racing media, and I said, ah, nobody listens to my show, anyways. He's like, trust me, me, they listen. I, I, I. He goes, I got somebody that bitches about you all the time. I said, oh, that's that's perfect. what we no, need.
1: Like we need a little, you know, the good with the bad. We need
0: the, all the emotions that come yeah. out. So tell the bitch directly. Yeah. I, mean, I don't care. It's fine with me. You I mean like, I, I, and I think that's what the. That's what's missing in this sport a little bit is, is that we need people. When you don't like what I say, well, ask me why I said it. Tell me where I'm wrong. If I'm wrong, I, I'll admit I'm wrong. I'm wrong a lot. Thanks, you know, like having an opinion, taking a side, taking a stance, you're, you're not always going to be right. Yeah, you're, you're going to be wrong. Sometimes you're going to believe in the wrong thing. You're going to believe in the wrong people. And sure, but, uh, well, you know, like, civil about it but yeah uh,
1: I believe in a wrong horse I, every I really weekend. I do like the input. in wrong horses every you
0: weekend know? oh my god I've been horrible <laughs> lately <laughs> I bet a horse this is no lie I, I liked the horse at the Meadowlands on Saturday and I bet it I bet it to win and it, it went off even money and it won easy and I was like that's it I'm gonna go out <laughs> and win it today. Hey sometimes <laughs> you got I swear it. to God I I said you know what I'm gonna break the skein You know, the the losing streak and the horse, it was, it was a, you know, Philly in a conditioned race. And she was, to me, she looked the best and she was. And, and, um, I got even money and, and, and I, I turned it off. I didn't watch the rest of the races. (laughs) I said, that's it. I'm going to, I'm going to leave on a, on a winning note. That's the last bet on that of the year. So hopefully that, that forebodes. Of course, we all know that means absolutely nothing. You know, when you you bet anything, that's how you think. That's how you think. But uh this has kind of been a long uh that's ending. Right. <laughs> but uh, I, I do uh I I guess I really appreciate you you giving us the time and um you know, you're making you know, we're paying you the big bucks <laughs> here. I know Oh you owe uh, me lunch, but uh, I
1: way. Ho- I was I was hoping you wouldn't bring that up. But I got yeah,
0: you. Yeah. I got you. Lunch, sure. lunch, <laughs> lunch, LeBron. baby. Right? He had to go and play. Awful. Yeah. Well, and that, I think I saw something where he said he's he's going to play limited minutes tonight. <laughs> yeah, they're already on load management. <laughs> so thank Game you, LeBron. Two. Thank you for playing on Christmas Day. Game two, thank load you. Load management. See? I appreciate it. I knew it. it. I'm I'm hungry already. <laughs> What kind of food do you like? The best? Uh, Italian, Chinese, free.
1: <laughs> free food is for me.
0: <laughs> all right, man. Well, again, for the 15th time. All right, man. You're, the, you're best. the best.
1: Thank you for having me on. It's been a pleasure. I talk racing with you all day for free. And we probably do that anyway. Well, we talked we talk <laughs> most of the
0: day today, bro. All
1: sure. right.